All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. that's a great idea. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new .com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album. So what are you waiting for? I don't believe it. Get your website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. Welcome to A Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and sadly, the seat next to me is empty. Yanni Alvarez DiCarlo, the traveling diva, has such a horrible sore throat, she can't even talk this week. So what better time to do a best of show? We have three segments from our previous what is it, six months, eight months of shows? Put together a really great show for you today. We have Joe Montaigne from uh, Criminal Minds. We also have Chris Gore, author of Celebrity Poops and a very funny comedian. John Hodgkiss, a big, funny television producer and the producer of This Versus That TV show. And Jody Ettenberg, who was uh, a lawyer enjoying a thriving practice. And all of a sudden, she decided to quit and just travel and eat for a living. All of that packed into one delicious episode of Fork on the Road. All our shows are good, but this is the best of a Fork on the Road. And now, back from May 2013, here's my good buddy, Joe Montaigne. Welcome to Fork on the Road, Joe. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, my pleasure, Mark. So you are in Washington, D.C., getting ready for the concert on Monday. First of all, for people that don't know, let's talk a little bit about the National Memorial Day concert because it's, uh, I, I, it's a fantastic show every year. How long have you been doing it? This will be my 12th year, and it's the 24th year for the concert. So I've, I've done half of them now, uh, or I will have as of Memorial Day. And, um, yeah, it's really something. My, my dear friend Charles Durning got me involved 12 years ago when he brought me out here. I didn't know what it was. It was like, I was like, okay, Charlie, I was sure I'll come out and do this concert with you. And then I, when I saw it and became part of it, I realized this is, it was monumental. I mean, you have 300,000 people coming to this thing, and and it has such a, an emotional impact. Mm-hmm. And it just it just makes you realize what it's what it did for me is it made me realize that Memorial Day is I think our most important holiday because without that holiday we don't have any other ones right. you know right 
we'd be we'd be speaking Russian or German or something else. Something, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's a fantastic broadcast. You know, there, people are always trying to cut the PBS budget, but there are some things that PBS does better than anybody else, and I think this is you got this is one of them. It's just it, the pageantry and the majesty of a, a truly national show is amazing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and everybody, you know, we get the same crew every year. I mean, Walter Miller, the director, he's, you know, he directs all the, 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 the um, you know, the, the Emmys shows, and the yeah. Oscars and all that stuff. I mean, so he comes out every year with his whole crew and, and we've got this, this, it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, when you have the United States government kind of behind you helping make things, uh, you know, it's one of the things that the, the government is actually doing pretty well is helping us put this concert on. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just it's really awesome, and having PBS being able to broadcast it all over the uh, United States, and also to all uh, on many of the armed forces networks, it's 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 special. It's the most important thing I do every year, Mark. It really is. It's got to be great if you're if you're holed up in the desert somewhere, you're you're a you're a member of the armed services, and you're stationed far away from home to be able to tune this in and really just get a face full of America in in the greatest sense of the word. Yeah, it really is because I mean we're you know we're on the west lawn of the Capitol and our, the stage faces the Capitol building and behind us is the Washington Monument, and it's just like I don't care who you are if you've lived in this country and you and you care anything at all about this country come to this concert just once or watch the show yeah. and that'll just kind of it'll straighten your spine up a little bit and make you realize we're pretty fortunate to, to live in the country that we do. You know? What is that like? I, I know you and Gary Sinise have been doing it for forever, but I mean you're 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 one of the the most normal cool, fun people I've ever met in Hollywood. Just a regular Chicago guy. Do you, are you ever, just for a second, standing on that stage and looking out, and you're like, oh, you know, Jesus, that's the... This is a oh, big it's pretty, show. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's not a little time, show. Oh, yeah. No, the first time I did it, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to, like, explode. I mean, I just thought I was going to levitate off the stage, because I'm looking out, here's 12,000, or 300,000 people. Wow. And, and it's like Woodstock. And, and, and at my, the first concert I did, I had to read the words of four New York firemen, because this, this was the Memorial Day after 9-11. I had to read the words of four New York firemen who had lost their sons in 9-11. And behind me on the stage, the Washington Symphony Orchestra is playing Mozart's Requiem. And on these five-story screens, they're showing you know, footage of the planes going into the World Trade Center. I thought I was going to like, you know, just like dissolve into at atomic matter, you know. Because it made me realize this is not acting. This is this is this is transcends anything I've done before. This is a whole other. This is reality. Yeah. And it was like it just gets you. And in front of you, there's the Capitol all lit up with the flag flying, and it makes you think, "Wow, how lucky am I?" Right. And I'm one of the you know one of the lucky ones. Right. And thank thank God for our military. Right. Right. And all the people that have come from all over the world. Right. I'm sure your parents or grandparents. Started out in Italy, and at some point, exactly. Oh no, absolutely. I'm sure our, our paths are pretty similar, yeah. Mark. Yours and mine, I think. Cub fans, even <laughs> that aspect of it, which is the sad part of it. But what are you going to do? I mean, but, just uh, think about that. And this, you know, back a hundred years ago, when my grandparents came here, America was basically an idea that filtered down to Italy. There was no. You know, there's no movies, there's no radio, there's no media. Someone's cousin tells somebody else that there's jobs in America or that there's freedom Absolutely in America. Absolutely right. And you pack up every damn thing you own 
And right. You, you get no. uh, steerage in a boat. You, you it, it's mind-boggling. Absolutely right. No, my father's parents came from Sicily, and, and, and to this day, there's this little town in Oklahoma called Krebs, Oklahoma, where there's this whole pocket of Sicilian farms still there because that's where my grandfather came from. This little mountain village in Sicily because they'd heard they were you know selling land to cheap if you work in the coal mines in Oklahoma. Wow. So there's still this little pocket of Sicilian farms that are still there, and we still, my family still has that farm in Oklahoma. So, I mean, they went all over different places. The you know? Sicilians and the Texas oil guys, they, they, they mix well, do they? Uh, yeah, well, but was, they got to eat. You know, the Texas <laughs> oil guys got to eat. <laughs> That's right. The Italians are welcome wherever they go because we know how to cook. That's right. So, uh, so tell tell us some of the people that are on the show because it's it's a stellar lineup of people. Well, yeah, this year, I mean, well, I, I, you know, I... I um, I, I try to bring in different actors when I can that are able to kind of fill in the slots that we have, like dramatic pieces. So, I mean, Gary and I will be doing a couple of pieces this year. Uh, Ed Harris is coming and joining us this year. He's going to do a wonderful tribute for the 60th anniversary of the Korean War. Mm. Uh, we've got a lot of these winners from um, uh, American Idol. We have a few of them. In fact, we have the, the national anthem is going to be sung by the girl who won it this year. Oh, wow. Um, Candace. Candace. Yeah, she, yeah, Candace. See, so she she's gonna be she's part of the show. Uh, Alfie Bow is part. I mean, it's 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 a mixture of you know we get classical singers, we get people from Broadway, we get country western, we get. I mean, I'm not even sure what the. If you go to the website, you know, if you go look up um, uh, National Memorial Day concert, uh, you just Google that. Yeah, it's nationalmemorialdayconcert.com. Yeah, and you, and you uh, it might be .org. I don't know. Oh. But uh, I, sh- I should be a little more prepared here, but I just no, walked no. into the hotel room. So. I'm looking at it right here. It's, uh, oh, okay. Oh, it's pbs.org slash Memorial Day Concert. It's got the list of okay. everybody. There you go. So, yeah. It's, and it'll be, and, and they broadcast it uh, on all the PBS stations. Mm-hmm. It's actually Sunday night. It's the day before Memorial Day. And then they rerun it, I think, on Monday as well. And it's it's, it's pretty easy to find that weekend. Yeah, I, re- I, I remember seeing you doing that first one after 9-11 and uh it was it was amazing it's just so well, it, so it, powerful and so american oh it's yeah it's yeah and, and i know and it's it's almost like you know sometimes you think oh that's kind of corny isn't it no you know what that 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 it, it isn't i mean that's what i'm saying it's like i'm not a political person i don't i don't get into politics and i think that's what's for me that's why it's the beauty of it mm-hmm. this is not a political event this is this is this is all of us. This is an American event, and this is for this. This we're honoring the people who allow us to be Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians or Catholics or Jews or Black or White and all that other stuff. And that's what's great about it. Right. We're we're honoring the guys that enable all the bickering and the fighting, which is exactly the hallmark right. of democracy. Exactly. No, and at the end of the day, every four years we have a you know we have a peaceful transition of power. And and you know I spent a lot of time in Washington doing this concert over the last twelve years. And you, you do a little research, and you go to these museums, like you go to the museum, and they have a whole thing uh, showing you the different countries of the world that have free press and the ones that don't. And you'd be amazed how, you know, they have green lights for the countries that have a free press and the red lights on the country world map that doesn't. The green lights are very few and far between. Yeah. And it's like sometimes we forget how lucky we are. You know? Well, it's important to do, to uh, pay attention to these kind of shows and also to go to museums. You were telling me that you're involved in a new museum? 
Yeah, I'm the I'm the national spokesman for the U.S. Army Museum. The the, the, the U.S. Army, though, they have little, they have like little museums all all around the country, but mm-hmm. they, they don't have a national museum, which all the other branches of the service do. And of course, the Army is the biggest branch of all right. in terms of memberships, going back to the Revolutionary War. So they're building it in the Fort Belvoir, Virginia, right, right, uh, right, just out in the D.C. in the Beltway here, and and um, I'm the spokesman for it. And so it's been pretty awesome. I you know been you know, like a typical lunch I'll have will be with like General Casey from the Joint Chiefs, or you know General uh, Abrams and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty awesome. These these uh, uh, it's going to be an incredible. It's going to be the largest you know military museum in the world. It should be built uh, finished in 2015. So I'm proud to represent that. That's great. And, and to try to you know, uh, I had a lot of my family that was in the was in the military and many of them in the army. So. For me, it's a personal thing as well, and so it's, it's, it, it really is great. It's amazing. I was just in New Orleans two weeks ago where the uh, the National World War II Museum is. And oh, right. Ever, That's ever right. There? There's a great one there. Oh, man. No, it's I fan- haven't, but I've heard fantastic. about that one. That is a great one. Yes, I've heard about that one. Uh, Tom Hanks and Spielberg put it together, and they've got all these artifacts from the 40s and the, the, the war effort. And I don't think people realize that before World War II, America was not even close to a superpower. We had a tiny army. Our industrial capacity was was very limited. And in the space of a, a year, we went from making no tanks and planes to turning out hundreds. You know, oh, yeah. It, 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 oh, yeah. And it chronicles that whole, the, that whole period of time, which was just amazing that the country could come together in such a way and, and marshal its forces and, and, and everything to, oh, yeah. to uh, defeat the uh, Axis powers. Well, as Tom Brokaw said, it really was the greatest generation. I yeah. Mean, the, 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 that, that whole that conflict just kind of did it, pulled us all together. There's obviously been many conflicts since, Korea and Vietnam and all the other things, and of course Iraq and Afghanistan. So, I mean, it's never ending. For, you know, it's that, it's that cliche um, sentence, but it's true. You know, freedom ain't free. And unfortunately, there's these men and women who have to sign the check. Right. And, and many of them lose their life doing it. And uh, I, I realized that I was doing a movie in, in Rambouillet, France, about 10 years ago. And I pull into this beautiful little town outside, about an hour outside Paris. I'm thinking, oh, look at this beautiful town. Then I see a grave uh, cemetery, and I notice there's American flags flying there. And I go, what mm-hmm. the hell is this? And I get up close, and I realize it's a small little cemetery in a small French town, and these are all American GIs that are buried there from World War II wow. that died, you know, defending... Uh, you know, freeing that country. Right. So, I mean, little things like that really sober you and make you think, like, you know, you know I don't have it so bad. Right. It's pretty... Speaking of sober, if you do spend a sober minute or two in New Orleans, that uh, that World War II museum, oh, is, I'll is check a great it out. No, I you know, they've been asking me to do the, the the Mardi Gras for the last few years, but I, I my, be careful, my... Joe. You will not. Oh, I know. You're, you will. You're, they'll rip your pants off. Well, the thing is, I'm doing. I usually shoot Criminal Minds to, during that period, and so I've, I, until I can get a break in the, the, the filming, you know, maybe when that series ultimately ends, maybe I'll, then I'll take them up on it. Then I don't care. But they could take my pants. I don't need them. Then, you know. <laughs> They'll throw you some beads. Hey, all right. So everywhere you travel all over the world. You go to France, you're you're in Washington this week. Yeah, I'm leaving for I'm leaving for Europe next week, right after the concert. I leave the next day for uh for uh Italy, Germany, uh Monte Carlo and London. So. Oh, are you working or playing? 
Well, it's both. You know, I, I host a, I co-host a show on the outdoor channel. I host a show on the outdoor channel called Gun Stories, which traces historical firearms of all things. But it's interesting. It's, it's, it's our third season doing it. It was like a hobby I used to do years ago, and I, Outdoor Channel contacted me, and I've been hosting it. Now they're sending me to Munich and to Italy, Urbino, Italy, for the Brunelli factory, and to Munich outside Munich for the Steiner Optical Factory. So we're shooting there. But then I'm doing publicity for Criminal Minds in Monte Carlo in London because our show is very, very popular in Europe. So your, your show is popular everywhere. You're, you're very yeah, humble. Your show is popular everywhere. It's doing very well, you know. But it's uh, I'm, again, I feel very, very lucky to be on something that has legs. Right. We all know that's a difficult thing. Well, you had the best. You had the best travel cock talk, uh, cooking show on the air. I swear to God. Well, that's kind uh, of what we're doing here. This is we, we talk about travel and food. So I was just going to ask you where. I mean, uh, people that don't know, Joe has his own Chicago Italian food place here in Los Angeles. Actually, yeah, in Burbank. Burbank. Well, yeah, we own uh, my wife and I own Taste Chicago, which is in Burbank at the corner of Verdugo and Hollywood Way, where you can get your Italian beef, your deep dish, your Polish, your right. Chicago dog. And you if know. you, if people don't understand, if you grew up in Chicago like Joe and I did, I moved to California and it was. Wasteland. The pizza, oh, yeah, I know. pizza was yeah. cardboard. The... You can't really find good pizza in California. No, you can't. It's it's no, it's tricky. Awful. It's tricky. You and... got you know, you can find your spots here and there, but certainly deep dish was impossible to find, and we, and we took it. It even took us a while to perfect it because we make it all there. We do it all, and I, I, we go back. I mean, I'll go back. I'll be in Chicago. I'm throwing out the first pitch for the Cubs, June 23rd. I'll be there. That's my oh, birthday. Wow. You're throwing out the first pitch on my birthday. Is it? Yes. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I'll you should, remember to, because Mark has Because been I'm also to going to sing the seventh inning stretch. So I'm going to say when I get up there, I'm going to, say, I'm going to sing the stretch, and I'm also going to sing happy birthday to Mark DeCarlo. <laughs> you should. Yeah, Mark has Houston. been trying that. Mark has been trying to get into uh, throw the first pitch for a long time. Yeah. yeah Joe does it ten times there. a year. i got to get on a show with legs. That's the trick. I'll be doing Are you going to be in town that day? Uh, I actually might be. I'm, I'm, we're, if I'm, you are, Mark, let me know, because uh, you know uh, you should be at that game, and I can, I can make that happen. Fat Tony can make it happen. I can make that happen. So <laughs> definitely, because I think it's only fitting your birthday, and I'll be singing the seventh. So where are you going to go in D.C. to get good food? D.C. You know, D.C. is actually a very good food town. I mean, uh, I go, you know, Ben's Chili Bowl. You have to hit Ben's Chili Bowl. Okay. Ben's Chili Bowl is like, uh, it, it's it's like an institution. It's, it's, it's this black-owned uh, hot dog place that they do the hot dogs with chili, and they you do the smoked link with with Ooh. chili on it. I mean, Obama's they've got a sign hanging in there. The sign says uh, it's uh, it says uh, Bill Cosby and Obama are the only two people that eat free here. And then there's a booth. <laughs> there's a booth with a picture of Obama sitting in the booth, and then there's a picture of uh, of uh, uh, Cosby. Yeah, Cosby sitting in the booth there, and it's it's an incredible. It's an institution here in Washington, so I always make a stop there. Okay, uh, there's a place, the Dubliner, that's right around uh, by the train station here that I always like to go because they have a great black and tan. You know, it's an Irish it's an Irish pub, and it's it's great. But Washington's a good is a good is a good food town. It's uh, a lot of ethnic places because you got such a great mix of people here. I love I love Washington. It's a great city. Aside from Chicago, which I'm assuming would be your number one food city, although maybe I'm wrong. What's what's your number one food city? No, nah, Chicago would be. All right, what's the number? You know two? what? You know what would be my second one? Toronto. 
Toronto, Canada. I mean, outside, of course, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm lumping all of Italy into a country, <laughs> and all of Italy would come in, Second, would come in first. First, right. But uh, Chicago, but then Toronto is a great food city, because, again, because of all the ethnicity. you got you got the biggest Italian population in North America in Toronto. There's 600,000-plus Italians right. in Toronto. So their little Italys oh, are wow. like the real deal. They have two of them. Better than New York? Great. Oh, way, oh, it's way Oh, yeah, bigger. Oh, much huger than New York. Toronto has more Italians than New York City. Oh, yeah. Toronto's really, it's one of those places, you know, because it's Canadian. Sometimes we forget. We think, you know, well, it's Canadian. What do we Canadians want? are so nice. <laughs> oh, I love Canadians. Yeah. My favorite joke about Canadians is how do you get 100 Canadians out of a swimming pool? You huh? say, would you please get out of the swimming pool? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, it's great. I've spent a lot of time in Canada, and that's a great that's a great food town, uh, Toronto. They they do because they've got a lot of Greeks, they got a little Portuguese, they've got uh, uh, Jamaicans. It's a, it's a, that's a good good. Any food town. any port city where a lot of people come together from different backgrounds, I think the food is always elevated. I think you're right. New that's Orleans, San Francisco, point. Boston, because you've got you're competing no, you're with right. everybody's grandmother's recipe, so you got to really rise. I think rise you're right. Occasion. I mean. You know, I think now that I think of it, because I've been to Hamburg, Germany, which is a big port city, mm-hmm. and they, they've got a real eclectic group of great restaurants there as well. You're right. They have to cater to everybody. So, All right, my last but question, Joe. Yeah. A uh, hundred years from now, someone tells yeah. you you're going to be dead in 12 hours, you have one meal. What is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one. I guess it's got to be an Italian beef with hot jardinera, sweet peppers, with a little <laughs> side of pasta, with a little artichoke ziti on the side, you know? And then a brioski, a nice glass of brioski so I don't belch as they put me in the ground. <laughs> That's Joe Montagna. Joe, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to Mark, watch him Sunday you're one night. of my favorite people in the world, my friend. And I, I, if you, like I said, if you're in Chicago on your birthday, call me. You'll, 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 be, you'll be a Wrigley Field right with me, pal. I definitely will. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you got it, my it. friend. That's the National Memorial Day concert. It's Sunday night on PBS all over the country, hosted by uh, one of the true good guys in Hollywood and actually the entire world. That's Joe Montaigne. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Bye, buddy. Joe. My right. pleasure. Bye-bye. Thanks. Have Thanks. a good Take show. Take care, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. What a jerk. <laughs> he is such a pompous ass. Oh, my God. Name-dropping, name-dropping, <laughs> governor, general. Th- oh. You're just saying that because he's going to throw out the first pitch at the Cubs game. Oh, actually, birthday. now I'm pissed. <laughs> I am. Talk about just rubbing. God damn it. The Cubs are 150 Uh-oh. games out of first place. How? how uh, I, I, yeah, no words. But see, no he's words so either. generous. He's awesome. Now you, like you know where I'm going to be on my birthday now. Oh, man. I'll find a way to get to Chicago. <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, just, How, where we are going to be. Yeah. We Kimosabi. We. Well, then we have to go to New York the next week. But definitely, would love to love be there. That, and love that. Love that. New York. Mm. Uh, it's it's uh, he's great, fun guy. Really sweet, nice man. Very talented actor, first of all. Um, and if you're ever in the Southern California area, you're visiting. Burbank. Go to Burbank. You look up Taste Chicago. Taste and it, Chicago. It's the Burbank. only place I found in uh, the west of the Mississippi River where you can get actual. Good Chicago Italian food. It is food. so good. I don't know how they do it, but it's definitely Chicago eat. And actually, if you go, you want to go Friday about one o'clock in the afternoon because there's this actors group that goes and hangs out there every Friday. Oh, I, I don't know if this nice. is public knowledge, but I'm going to rat them out. Well, I didn't know that. Joe's there every Friday. Uh, Ed O'Neill from Modern Family and mm-hmm. um, uh, Married with Children. JJ. Th- th- there's a bunch of 
Chicago actors that you will recognize kind of dressed down and they just sit in the corner and it's like going into a Chicago tavern. They're sitting there, they're drinking beer, they're having their lunch, they're laughing, they're telling stories. It uh, makes me homesick. Oh, makes me homesick for Chicago. Local hangout. For Taste us. Chicago Taste in Chicago. Burbank. And the Sicilian pizza is really good too. It really is. Mm-hmm. Best is yet to come, and it's gonna be fine. Best is yet to come, come the day that you're mine. You won't find a nicer celebrity than Joe. You won't find a nicer human being. Forget the celebrity part, although he is a celebrity, and he does force people to say that about him when he's within earshot. But you won't find a nicer guy than Joe, Uh, especially Chris Gore. Our next guest, Chris, is a a comedian and friend of mine from a television show I used to do on FX called The X Show. He's now a traveling comedian and the author of a book, talk about going viral, Celebrity Poops. Let's hear from Chris Gore on this best of A Fork on the Road. It's my old compadre from the X Show, Chris Gore. Chris, welcome to A Fork on the Road. Thanks, Mark, for having me. This is great. This is I, first of all, I got to take you up on that deal. I am so going to your website <laughs> to take you up on that deal. It's a great deal. Yeah, 100, 170 oh bucks for the hotel for the whole five days. That's that's amazing. And it's right on the uh, right on the right on the Caribbean. You suck me in. I gotta I Beautiful. gotta go. All right, go. That's you're awesome. in. So Chris hosts a show called Pod Crash. That's right. That's and, right. And our our producer Sean works on that show as well. That's true. I asked him. Explain to me in 25 words or less what the show is, and, and he couldn't. He, he just couldn't started weeping. He couldn't do it. <laughs> it's simply, is it a meta show about podcasts? A little bit. It's, it's basically every week I'm a guest on a different show. So if you listen to my show, every week you might hear me on a travel show or a show about sex or mm-hmm. a show about love and dating or a show about action figure collecting or a comedy show. So every week you're getting a taste. It's like the sampler platter, you know, when you go up to the buffet and you're just like, I don't know what to get. I'm just going to order some the wings, platter. some fried cheese, some Want fried everything. mushrooms. You're yeah. Right. You get a little bit of everything in that way. You because because you basically because you can't decide. So if you can't decide what podcast to listen to, mine is a good place to start oh, because then one. you can discover other shows via me because I'm always the guest. So I'm like <sighs> a guinea pig on every show. What's your favorite one so far? Oh my God! I don't Not know. counting this one. I was gonna say I, I would say this. Um, one of the I did one about movie soundtracks. I think that was a lot of fun. Oh. I did a, a, a one with uh, two French female wrestlers who wrestle in <laughs> Lucha Vavum. Uh, what are their like names? Fun. I've been the to Pupel, Lucha t- the Pupel twins. We've seen. Have you seen you've Toby House's show? Yeah, you've you've done t- Lucha Vavum, didn't you? I did Lucha Vavum. Oh, you, once. you announced there? Oh, no, it's great. no, no. I, we he... did a um, uh, uh, Sasha Gigante with Jim yeah. Turner. You know, Mark oh, fight. That was hilarious. Uh, it was hilarious. Mark they, is so funny. They had like 25 guys dressed up in all kinds of costumes, and then we stripped down to Speedos, and we just <laughs> run through the crowd grinding on everybody. It I was, have video. I have video. They, talk oh about, my God. they were passing out free tequila that night. Wow. Ooh, I have never got, seen you so oh, hammered man. since that night. Unbelievable. I carried him, literally yeah. carried him through the streets of downtown. From the Mayan downtown. Theater all the way home. And you're tiny. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, I mean, Mark, you, did, you yeah, carried he was, him? He was over me. Wow. And uh, wow. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was an interesting night. Yeah. They have a podcast, and so so I didn't know that they were actual wrestlers. Are they? Oh yeah, no, they wrestle. They they wrestle. And the funny thing, it's called the Slap Booth Show. Is the name of the show, and they slap you at the end of the show. I was unaware of this, (laughs) so you can hear me getting like you know smacked. At the no. end of the show. I would not well, like Wait till that. you see what we do at the yeah. end of the show. Yeah, exactly. You'll be praying for a slap. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> so so you'll see when we, we, we put the Empire tabs. And it oh, no. <laughs> will it, yeah, will it crap more 15% more, yeah. yeah. Oh, so God. it actually saves you also the trouble of actually producing your own podcast. You just crash right. into other people's. Well, it's like you're couch surfing on podcasts. In a way, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like that. So I like to do shows that are different, shows with people I know, like yourself, and just I like to introduce my audience in the Venn diagram of our, our respective audiences. I want to introduce my audience to your audience. Venn diagrams, oh. yeah. the new math. Everybody loves the new yeah. math. Well, Venn let's start diagram. off talking about your new comedy record album. Uh, that's true. What, what do we? What do we even call them now? Because we're in the uh, the lovely sideshow studios here, and there's right. some classic. Comedy albums on the wall. There's, vinyl. Right. Actual vinyl. Rodney Dangerfield, Rickles, Johnny Carson. I think Pryor's in here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Woody Allen, stand-up comic. Alice Cooper, really funny man. Hilarious. Uh, what's, what is it? What, what is yours called and what do you call it? It's, it's called Celebrities Poop. And it, it's, <laughs> it's a comedy album in the form of a book. You know, really, like, comedians just, you don't sell CDs at shows anymore. Does it have full-color photos? Uh, it's got artwork. Scratch and stuff? Yeah. Artwork. Pop-up? Artwork that was Scratching done by my daughter. My daughter actually did all the paintings in the book, and it's it's a page for page parody of the book Everyone Poops. I mean, even if even That's if funny. you don't have kids, you know this book Everyone Poops. Uh-huh. So in it, you'd open the first page, and it says Oprah makes a big poop, Justin Bieber makes a small poop. So it, it's just it's just a way to, and and then you get if you buy the book, you get a download card to download <laughs> my album, which is fifty minutes of stand up I did in Phoenix uh, in May recently. Um, so good stand-up crowds in Phoenix. Well, yes, stand-up crowd for me, like the crowd that my crowd is at the, it was at the Phoenix Comic Con. So I was not recorded oh. at a comedy club. Oh. So they were already kind of predisposed to like me. So <laughs> which is did good. you do any which Star Trek jokes? Which is oh, I did a lot. I did oh, a lot of nerdy humor. Not a lot of nerdy humor. There's like a couple of tracks that are, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a nerd. To, to, to get the humor in the mm-hmm. book, but uh, I tell a story about how I'm, I was basically a, I'm I'm like a mutant because I was born with one kidney, uh, which is weird. Yeah, it's it's extremely rare. Wow. So so I talk about how my superpower is I pee a lot. <laughs> that's so great. that's that's my big. <laughs> I always have to pee. Pretty much if you're looking at me, I I gotta pee. My gotta buddy Mike Maddox used to do development at uh, Comedy Central, and one time somebody came in and pitched him a show called PP Man. PP man, I and could brought in a yellow shirt that. that said PP, and he was a superhero, and there was something magical about his urine. Huh? Oh. I could see. I, wow. I've not, that. I mean, I don't know. Could I be could the follow up. Are you it supposed to talk about to that? that? This was years ago. I'm sure it could still be in development. You know, I mean, Howard Stern famously had Fart Man in development, which they never. That's there was horrendous. a script and everything. That's horrendous. So, yeah, well, I think it would have been a good movie. I'm sorry, no, no. It was I ahead of its time because look at all the superhero movies that are out now. None of them have a superpower that. Indispicable powered farts. There's a fart gun in Despicable Me too. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. What it's about a gun, not also Superman? Out of if Superman were to fart, don't you think he could? He would just like. Bl- I would. I wouldn't really talking hole in about building. this. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about it. That's why Lex Luthor is bald. <laughs> right. That's, he blew so his hair off. Accurate. His hair just fell out. <laughs> Well, I mean, you must talk about topics, you know, like this on the show. With well, it's a food show and, and travel. Food and, yeah, not food and travel. And to, no, but don't you like? There's certain foods that some I'll people avoid. can't even crap. They only can crap at home. Right. Other people are professionals on the road. Whoa, yeah. Is your move, Mark? Is your move, this is my move when I travel with a significant other? Uh-huh. My move is always like, do you need anything from the sundries place? I'm gonna go get a pack of gum. <laughs> I'm not getting gum. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm taking care of business is what I'm doing because why would I do to do that in the room and turn off my significant other? Yes, That's my why move. would you ever do that in the room? Baby, exactly. we're married. It's done. Done deal. Yeah, uh-uh. exactly. No, go done downstairs deal. to the lobby. I always yeah, sorry. Yeah. I always make sure I have a couple books of matches in my dop kit so that if things get really nasty, you can right. fire up the matches. Right. And kind of open the door, open the window, burn off the bed air. And that means it's, he does that, and it's time for Mama to go to the spa. Wow. Well, I'm a hotel lobby dumper, and I feel like I'm not the only one. Whenever I'm in the hotel that's lobby. A country song. That's, that's a country song. Chris, write it right now. <laughs> it's a country song. Hotel lobby dumper. Hotel <laughs> lobby dumper. No, but, but I feel like that's not, I'm not the only person. This is not a new thing. I feel like when I'm in there, I'm like, you're doing it too. Yeah, there's that sort of knowing like, yep. Taking care of business. I love airport toilets. <laughs> airport toilets. Oh. No, those, those are the worst, I, though. Oh, I know, but I always put down the little sanitary thing, oh. and I like to be very loud. But I, <laughs> Keep going. Every year, uh, my brothers and I, we fly to Phoenix to do the Cubs fantasy camp. Right. So last time we went, we all went into the bathroom together, and we're all sitting in stalls, and I just sit there, and there's... 15, 20 stalls. Right. And I just like to make a lot of noise to see if anyone will actually laugh. Like, oh, God. Uh. And I can hear my brothers laughing, but no one ever laughs. <laughs> they suppress it. Oh, God. Oh. And then you walk out of the stall as if nothing happened. Hello, hi. Nice to see you. Enjoy your flight. It's hilarious, though. Because people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, but now people have cameras. And when you come out of the stall, oh, look, Mark DiCarlo was doing that in the stall. That's not funny. It's going to end up on YouTube. No, no, it is is funny. That's the definition Uh, of funny. That could be a good thing if it ends up on YouTube with a million views. Right. Talk about viral. I could be the most popular shitter in America. (laughs) That's, you know what? Everyone's got their gift, baby. Okay. I don't. But Can we talk about travel? When I'm in a hotel, sure. I don't we are like talking to, about travel. This yeah. is the thing. Women, I've always said, I think women, for the most part, are poop ninjas. You just don't stealthy. Know. Stealthy. Yeah. How? What is? What is the secret? Don't look at me. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you know her secret? Why she, don't you tell us? Anywhere. We would offend you less. Any, she's had more road wins than any girl I've ever known. Road wins? Yeah. I don't know oh what that is. Oh, my God. Yes, you do. I don't Let's poop. hear it. I'm sorry. Let's hear it. Well, so I used to date. You're talking about above the bowl? No, just like. It doesn't Champion. Matter. I used to. Most girls that I've dated will only go number two. <laughs> In their house. Yeah. Or in or my house. Never. Or, or never. Or never, right. And then they just like eventually die. I'm saying they're poop ninjas. Why are you right. talking about right. this? Jenny. No, not matter. Jenny. Fictitional person. Fictitional? What's the word for that? My fictitional Fic- co-host. Uh, no, somebody else. Not Jenny. Oh, Listen, God. Her, her, edit, edit. Her her name in Spanish is El Duce. No, it's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> She's famous for that. Oh, oh my God. Uh, so what? let's talk. Uh, that is, so you're single. Yes, how'd you guess? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So, um, how long? So, why do you go in the lobby? How long? <laughs> it's so, it's so bad. This is when I'm traveling, you know, with a lady friend. When yeah. I'm traveling with a lady friend, how I long wanna... do you have to date them before you want to take them oh, out of town? This is, this is a good question because it's very important. That's it. It's got to be two, a couple months at least. A couple months. Three weeks. Two, three months. Three weeks. Travel after three weeks? We went to no. Vegas, but it was Vegas oh, I gotta after hear three this. weeks for her cousin's wedding. So it wasn't like a... Ch- you were dating her three weeks and then you went she on a trip together? Me. Yeah, she invited me. And I, did I, you just room together? Yes. After three weeks? Span- you moved uh, fast. The Spanish girls, it, it they was, give it, it was, away. You know, it was a, oh a double bedroom. Oh, you, did you sleep a- in separate beds? Yes. That, was, that was the plan. Yes. yes. How, did, how did that plan derail? It was Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, she first asked me... 
like right before the weekend. We've only we'd only been dating not even a month, and she goes, "Oh, my cousin's getting married in Las Vegas. Do you want to come with me?" And I'm thinking, "Oh God." There were actually it was a renewal vows. Yeah, I know, but uh, going to a wedding with a new girlfriend, yeah. out of town. I thought it was going to be. You want? You know what? I'm going to Vegas. I'm really the only one that's going because she just wanted to have the photos there in Vegas. And I said, "Yeah, I might as well just take a guy." Sure. Know, when they're in their honeymoon suite, I'm somewhere else. Right. Nice. Well, and I, I honestly remember thinking, well, this will cut three months off the do I like it or not fix. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I figured, you know what? It could be fantastic and then great. But if it's not, then I can just, you know, move right, on. Right. Yeah. So we, we went. We had a great time. And her cousin and the cousin's husband turned out to be really cool people. So it actually put a lot of points in your category because I've been to shitty weddings. Oh. And I've, I've, I've dated people before who have just horrible families and you, you just kind of go oh jeez it gives you pause yeah if, they, if, yeah if their family and friends are not fun that's or if the they worst. don't have friends girls that don't have a lot of female friends right that Trouble. is very true that's is that is that a red flag? I need yes. to know these red Major flags. Red Are you flag. dating anybody right I'm, now? I'm no. I'm dating in Los Angeles, which I would not wish on Hitler. It's the I worst. think it's the uh, worst. It's dating in Los it's Angeles. Is the worst experience ever. So that would be great. So what kind of car do you drive? It is a Jeep <laughs> <laughs> with funny funny symbols on the side of the Jeep. This is how, yeah. This is let's bring More Hitler like, back and make him date actresses. <laughs> Um, so when was the last time uh, you're not, you're not dating oh, I date, right I now? date like, but when I date, I pretty much go out with a girl and go, yeah, I don't like you. No, nah, I'm not really? into you. Or when she's Why? already talking about, her, let's go on a trip together to such and such, but it's the first time I've met her. Ooh. Like just, you know, let's just, let's ease in. Let's, you know, move it slowly. What, let's what not go to a wedding after three weeks. relationship? Oh, I was married for 13 years okay. and we were together for oh. 16 years. I have two Beautiful children. My daughter, uh, who's in art school, did the artwork for my book, Celebrities Poop, mm-hmm. available at celebritiespoop.com. Ooh. And if you click through markdecarlo.com, you will get the... Anyway, so, how old is she? How old is she? She's 20. She's 20. So my oh, daughter... I, when you said my daughter did the drawings, I thought she was seven. No, no. But she did it in the style of... of okay, yes, now they're that I'm hilarious. looking at it. Yeah. You know so, what? When you were talking about it, I was like, Celebrities Poop. So then I got, I got divorced. I'm looking at it, and it looks... It's a, like I'm a professional book. Well, that's some I of the best. Page, <laughs> those are some of the best drawings page. of duty I've ever seen. <laughs> but but oh, I got a divorce and then I've had like like three significant relationships since. Like one like two years, another one like a year, another one like three years. So you know, I definitely I, you know I'll, I'll date not like but once I know I like a girl, I'm, I'm in. I'm right. I'm I'm more relationship guy, but I'm very picky. So I go on a lot of first and second dates where I'm like. Done out. I mean, it's like it's, it's kind of been a whirlwind the last few months. It's like shopping, really. It's like shopping. It's sh- it's like shopping, but not for shoes. That's a lot easier for women, which also makes a great first date. Is going shopping for shoes? Are for you fun. kidding me? Are you oh disgusted my by my God. book? I see the look I'm on just, your face. I, I could not believe the sort of things that you have. You know in how you could be a mil- sorted things. <laughs> um, I, I, I I don't. She's always complaining about shoes. There's got to there's be there's got to be some guy that can make high heel shoes that are comfortable. Where are they? They must exist somewhere in the world. They, they do have, not. They don't. No, the thing you were is, shopping no, in no, Italy. No, 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 no. They have two hour shoes, then four hour shoes. And I'm oh. sorry, if we're going to a nice event and you want me to wear fabulous looking heels, I am not going to walk four blocks to the event. Well, no man wants a woman to wear those heels. He wants to the, want to them to wear them with them pointed at the at the sky. Ceiling, pretty yeah. much, yeah. That's pretty yeah, much what we I want. I call those the flying shoes. The flying shoes. They oh. never touch the ground. Wow. So you have you have a shelf of flying shoes. Mm-hmm. Mark DeCarlo, you've done well for yourself. That's all I have to say. Today, today, I'm the luckiest, <laughs> luckiest man. You win. Face face the earth. Um, 
but there's got to be uh, comfortable shoes, tennis shoes. Okay, fine. sneakers. Fine. Sneakers. Well, they do sneakers. make wedges. They make high-heeled sneakers. See? Yes, there but you go. when you're going to a nice event, you want to wear heels. Yes, and you're you do. not going to walk four blocks to the event like someone always makes me walk in heels. Not going to happen. Walking, you know what? Not walking is it, according to Darwin. Walking makes us human. In sneakers, we would hunt and gather heels. hundreds of thousands of years in ago, sneakers, and it enabled our brains to grow heels. larger. And in we sneakers, invented not heels. this technology. In sneakers, not heels. Without walking. There's no podcast. In sneakers, not heels. There's no podcast at all. You can walk in heels and listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's what you can do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. where so, have so you I, ever been on a date? Oh, I got a good story. Oh, for this okay, okay, have you yeah. ever been traveling out of town and had a fight with the girl that you were with? Oh, uh, I know this. Story. Yes, this is the worst. Yes, but you're. But you gotta hear. I gotta hear your story. You go first. Oh my god. Um, I and okay. don't change her name. No. no, I'm going to change and her Say her phone number so we can call Petra. her and verify. It was it wasn't a fight. It was sort of like it it, it could have been a fight, but it just was sort of was a ooh, I'm not into you. Where we had just had sex and we were about to leave the hotel and go out and we were going to go meet a bunch of people and I'm assuming well we're both going to shower and she's like, "No, I'm good." And I'm like, "We just you my my seed is within you, woman. This right. is not. She was a little too hippie for me. A little Maybe too. Maybe she like, was just kind of keeping you a part of her because it made her feel good. It just turned me off. Wait, it's wait, wait. Like, are you the guy that wants to shower every single time? Not after every sex? single time after. Not if we're going to bed. That's I mean, a who Sex cares? in the City episode. No, no, no. Not if we're going to bed. But we were going out in a social event. What kind of sex was it, Chris? Was it sweaty, crazy monkey sex, or like move your head? I want to watch ESPN sex. What's What's the thing above the monkey? That's 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 worse than that. Lemur. That's me. That's me. It's lemur. The, it's, it's the, yeah, the, lemur. Yeah. The lemur sex. It was lemur sex with yeah. It was it was awful. Bells, whistles. Turned her face into a glazed donut. No. Just, just to bring it back to the food oh. theme. And she what? was good. How was the party after that? It, but see, this is what I'm saying. Is it was very messy sex. And I was like, we're going out with a He's group noted. of friends. And she's like, no, fine. <laughs> we're going out with a group of friends. Like you might want to clean up. A Maybe bit. she liked the scent because it's your I, scent on it, her. It just, I don't mind that if we was just going to be, like, say it was just us, okay? Or say if it was just like we were going to go to bed. But, like, this this is the time you get cleaned up because you're meeting people. Right. Chris, yeah, you don't want them smelling that because. Did you dried semen on her face? I didn't know her very <laughs> that's well. That's recognizable scent. Yeah. Okay, I got to hear your story. Uh, it's, it's not as good as that. It's going to pale in comparison. Yeah. I was in Hawaii with a girl I'd been dating for about a year and a half and couldn't decide if I wanted to break it off with her. Or get engaged, and I'm and every day I'm going back and forth oh. in my head. Do I? What am I doing? What am I doing? I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to want to do. But also, wait, what did you give her for your birthday at Chris at a for her birthday or for Valentine's? Whatever that thought, trip was. This was this is the trip. It was her it was birthday and Valentine's. So day. tell them about the present. It was a different present. Yeah, he screwed up the story. I'm not, I'm not going to tell it. No, I got to hear this story now. I'm dying. The we're, same story. We're in. We're in Hawaii. We're on Maui. We had just had this fantastic dinner with an open air palapa, and there's you know right by the ocean, and it's very romantic. It's it's um, Valentine's Day, which is also right a day before her birthday, and I'm still in inside the monologue in my head is you know I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So she looks at me and she goes, um, "So what do you want to do now?" And I said. I don't know, but I can't marry you. And it just came out of my mouth. Oh, my. So your internal monologue completely. I, it's like I decided in that moment. And she just meant, do you want to go see a movie? Is, do you want to go to dessert? Valentine's Day? 
You did this on Valentine's it just, Day. It just, it's like oh. my mind clicked in, and then we had four more days to spend in Hawaii. Oh. I would have thrown him out. I would have thrown him oh. out, go sleep under the palm tree. No, we decided just to mulligan, pretend like it didn't happen. Then we had some lemur activity, and then uh, when we got home, we lemur dealt with activity? it. Lemur activity? Really? That's After a- that? Yeah. Ugh. I don't think so. Yeah. Did you, well, was the present before? It was before that, right? He gives her a Tiffany box and she's all excited (laughs) and opens the Tiffany box and it's a key ring. Oh, come on. A key, key ring? That's like the cheapest thing you can buy. It is. I also, the only thing I could afford. 60 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Not cheap for a key ring. And I also had gotten her previously but a big Tiffany blue box and then put something else in it that wasn't from Tiffany. Ooh, you ever do this move? First of all, I love your gift-giving style. Right. You and I are a lot alike. In Not anymore. I, I well, plan Women it out. have been brainwashed. They see that blue box oh. and they, they wilt. You know what? You're being... I'm, but you I'm know what they you. say. You know what they say. You get jewelry. Your boyfriends give you jewelry. Your girlfriends give you Tiffany's. La, 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 la. What, whatever tip that stuff is made by the same slave labor that makes care. the stuff you get it. Okay, here's the here's the new move. Here's the new move. I think you're, you're you'll appreciate this. Your audience will appreciate this. Accidentally leave the price tag on, but what you've done is at the store you've purchased it at, you've asked them to attach a price, the tag, price tag that's is not astronomically no. more expensive than what you actually paid. I've done that before. And it's a great. First of all, what store will do that for you? If, if you if you can endear yourself to the to the staff at the store, they'll do this for you. They'll put on a, a, a price tag that's way higher. And if you can, if you're a good actor and can act, oh my god, like so embarrassed. I can't believe I left that on. Cannot believe. Just no. Let me get it from you. And then she's fighting with you, and it's cute. And then she sees the price tag, and you grab it away from her, and you're all cutie cute. And then you take off the price tag, and you're all. You, 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 so if you can fake that, and then part, at one point you go, I swear I didn't pay that. Yeah, no, I that they gave me a little bit of discount. Yeah, so so just try leaving on a higher priced uh, price tag. It, it, it works. No, because then it makes a girl feel guilty if she didn't get you something that's equal. No, oh, but the guilt is something I'll use. Right. Oh, I'll use it against her. Emotion. It's the dark force. Yeah. Guilt is a wasted emotion. No, we rarely get to use it as men. We rarely get Plus, to use you know guilt. What? That's a woman's move. Women pretty much know. Yeah, that's we know. true. We do shop more than you do. We know yeah, what we want. Really? Yeah. Oh, dang. No, you would, you'd fall for that. Yeah. Baby, do you think your you engagement totally ring is a diamond? Uh, yeah, I had it checked out. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do you travel to do your stand-up? Uh, yeah, I'll travel to do stand-up. Where do you yeah. like to go and where do you hate to go? Uh, Phoenix, I like. I just I haven't I haven't done where's where I hate to go? LA. Uh. Because LA, I feel like people are too jaded. It's like here is where I'll rehearse stuff. And whenever I do anything, whether it's like Atlanta, Phoenix, San Francisco, it's just way better out of town. I can just tell you that. Def- I mean, you, you must have that same experience yes. too. Like, like LA, I kind of feel like there's like, mm, you're going to watch a comedian. Mm, Everyone like in the audience is like, well, I'm a comedian too. Yeah, I could do that. I'm pretty funny at work. The guys say at work, I'm pretty funny. It's like, no, it, it's, it's, I feel like the, the real test is can you go somewhere and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, perform in some just random city. Right. And plus, in other cities, people actually think and talk about things that aren't show business people right i do a show in chicago and i'm there every month and the, the oh, love chicago you see a pretty girl walking down the street in chicago and she actually has a job and a brain she's not just an aspiring actress Breasts I think real that's too. Only, <laughs> i think yeah. that's only in hollywood because that's you go what to i'm hermosa saying beach, other cities you go to hermosa beach which is you know down the street and people don't talk to you about 
the industry, people actually say good morning. No, I lived with there Mark, for three. I'm with Mark uh, the, uh, no, I lived there for three glorious years, uh-huh. and people say good morning and good afternoon. They do, but if you're a good-looking woman in Los Angeles, the assumption is that you are either in show business or or trying to chew your way into show business. Yeah, I call them climbers. Yes, that's the, their climb. It's it's the like the, monkeys. Yeah. Oh, it's the exactly the climbers. Like yeah, it's the worst thing when I'll be dating a girl and she's like, you know, I was thinking of trying TV hosting. Ugh. Yeah. They want to be in the industry and it's a total turnoff. Yeah. So because because the sad part is they're dating me thinking that I'm going to help them climb up that ladder. That's pathetic. That's not even a step stool. Yes, yeah, not exactly. a ladder. Come on, look. I know where my career is at. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Well, um, I want. So you're not dating anybody right now? Not anyone seriously. Like, I'm not. I mean, I'm. Can we pair you up? I think we can. Could you really? Because here's the thing I was married for years and I loved being married. Mm -hmm. I was a good father. My kids kids aren't drug addicts. 47. My kids aren't drug addicts. And you're not looking for a 20 year old? No. No. Two. Two, two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I look, you know, I just, I dated. The younger girls for a while, and it's realized like, oh yeah, that's I want to slit my wrist. No, thank you. I have a couple so, of girlfriends that are looking for good guys, but I need to make sure you're a good guy. Oh, the he's fact a good that guy. you're saying you want to be in a relationship, it's you know. Is well, you, you were married already. No, you no, were married when we were doing the extra. We were doing the extra. Yeah. I was married the whole time. It, yeah. it was yeah. And like, and and he was married. Yeah. No. Did I did I diddle no. with anybody on the staff? No. Did I was I hitting me, on girls? There was were plenty I, of opportunities. Yes. I know. Was I Anthony Wienering anyone? No. Oh, no. Oh, you had to get in line Neer. behind Justin to do that, but no, you were not yes. in that line. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we, we used to do um every Friday we would do a best of the X show episode, which was basically clips from the previous shows that week, and we'd have a girl come in as a topless spokesmodel and we would shoot it behind a screen and uh, Zaniness would ensue, but Chris was never no. at that trough. I was always, I was always, to me, I was the kind of guy that would like, uh, because I was so dedicated to my then wife, which I don't even call her my ex-wife. I feel like it's a derogatory term. I call her my previous. So, because oh. I think ex-wife sounds, you know, it's like we have a small business together. It's our kids, which we're, it's, I mean, now that they're in college yeah. right. uh, and my son just joined, joined the Marines, actually. Congratulations! So, yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I'm really excited for him. So, so yeah, I feel like that's that's the thing that we did. Like like, um, I was the kind of guy that like was so excited to get home to fuck my wife. I was just like, I would just like, I'm at the strip club. It's like, yes, yes, yes. I know you're thinking about your your boyfriend or your college or your kid or whatever. I don't need the 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 table dance. I don't need you to grind on me. I'm just going to take that mental image. I'm going to take all that sexual energy. I'm just going to fuck the shit out of my wife. That's that was me the whole time. That's that good. Was, yeah, that's a good I guy. Like that's a okay, we can thing. we can. Uh... You think so? You know yeah. some women? Are they I in do. their 30s? The strip clubs depress me, though. I have a though. phenomenal girl. They depress me, too. I can't. I don't get around. It's just, it's, I don't go because it's just so... I feel sad. ...icky. Except for Jumbo's Clown Room. That's, Hollywood. Great. that's the only one I go to also because it doesn't feel... It's more integrated, too. It's not all creepy dudes. It's guys. It's girls on dates. It's girls, girl dates. And it's girls. weird, creepy strippers. And, and they don't no, even strip. There's no nudity. There's no. no nudity. It's just, if you're ever in Hollywood, if you're traveling here to Los Angeles, oh, is that one of your favorite places uh, too? Jumbo's Clown Room. I love it. No cover charge either. No. What's because they don't get uncovered. You definitely want to check out Jumbo's Clown Room. It is, it's like the island of lost toys for strippers. Yeah. And well, I feel like a lot of those girls are, are they're better looking in the sense that I feel like they're just actresses that are there that don't want to uh, pay for a health club. They go there to work out. 
I mean, some of them are extremely talented. I heard the, the opposite. No, no. Really? There used yeah. to be this one big Polynesian woman who would light her boobs on fire and hang upside down from the bars on the ceiling. Was her name Courtney Love? Because she used to strip there. <laughs> oh, did she really? She did, yeah, famously. At, at Jumbo's Clown. Oh, no. How does she light her boobs on fire? She would put, like, um, you know, uh, the stuff that they they use when the mouth, lighter fluid. Yeah. It was a show, and she did. She put on a show. It was hilariously great, but it wasn't sexy or... Right. Yeah. I just I like that place as like a great dive bar. I used to live up the street from there. Yeah. So so yeah. I did too. Yeah, I liked it very yeah, much. Yeah, no, I like that's but that's the uh, real strip clubs where they actually like get naked and talk to you and I find that to be pathetic. Yeah, yeah it's sad. sad. I would go with my significant other as a goof. But I'm not a strip club guy. I'd rather You know what? I'm a I normal have guy. I've never heard that word in LA. Goof. What's that? What? I as, used to no, hear it a, from my gay friends in Miami. Never oh, heard it here. As a goof. Well, there you go. As a goof, like as a just to just to go, just to yes. do it. But yeah, as a goof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's so gay. Oh, is it? Is it kind of gay? It's total gay word. I don't, oh. I don't think so. Okay. Yes. Goofing is around. It? My goof? friend Eddie used to use it all the time. Uh, well, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Detroit. We're we're goof. both Midwest guys. Such yeah. a goof. No, goof is a normal. So it's, it's a jag normal off. word. That's a big jag off. Yeah, but said with a hard G on the jag. Jag off. So what are your what um, what kind of clubs are you going to here in Los Angeles, looking for dates? Because you know looking people I don't listen to, to this clubs. show all over the country like and they're coming to Los Angeles. I where events? should they go to pick up girls? <laughs> I I was I was where do a, you meet girls? I, the internet. It's just internet or just like people that I know. I have a good one for you. Do you really? Meetup.com. Meetup.com. Yes. Should I be going to meetup.com? Yes, they have tons of groups for everything, for really? meeting singles, for wine tasting, for my Italian class. Because I feel like I would know if I like a girl pretty quickly. Like I, I tend to go for smart women. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in common. It's like I couldn't say. My friends are like, well, well you date the smart ones, you marry the dumb ones. <laughs> such an ass. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> but that, that's I've always been attracted to because it's the one thing that all the girls I've been with have in common. They all like wear glasses. So I like women with really poor eyesight. <laughs> I think that's my. It works the, both ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That actually, I think that helps me in the long run. You know, I'm no Brad Pitt. Uh, but they don't know because yeah. you. Oh, the glasses are lost. Although I have been called a dilf. I have been called a dilf. What's a dilf? It's the male version of a milf. Mil- oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, I'm looking for a photo of Diana. Who called you? Who called you a dilf? Uh, a previous girlfriend called okay. me a dilf. All right, so where do a you go fox in the real world? Where can you go to? Not, not only you, but I have people no that are idea. coming to California. Oh, to, to what? To meet yeah. people? I have no you always idea. If hook you could up. tell me this place, I would go to that place. I don't know. I'm Trader Joe's. Maybe Trader Probably. Joe's would no. be a good place to meet, meet People girls. love to go on vacation and have sexual adventures because oh. there are no rules. Oh, what about right. that airport? Uh, meet at the airport. Meet at the airport. Yeah. Com. There is? Yes, there meet is. The you can meet them at the airport bar. Wow. That actually sounds kind of fun. We have a friend who just went to Italy a month ago, and he met some girl in the at the gate as they were flying over to Rome, and they uh, became friendly. Whoa! On the trip. Yeah. On the trip, they both had layover, so to speak. Yes. An actual layover. Yes. Wow. In wow. Canada and uh, I believe Italia. Wow! Yeah. Wow! That is I wow. See, I haven't had that kind of luck. I'm not the I'm not the kind of one night stand guy. That's mm. not. I like to get like I feel like if I can't connect with brain wise, if I can't connect with them on a mental intellectual level, I can't connect. On any other. That's level. true. 
It's just not good. Oh, well, you know. know I'm saying? You have to so tell for, the girls what that what you want is to she's be like, their best friend. I can't do that. For a weekend. I no, I can't do for a weekend. No. I'd rather do, you know what? I'd rather do what any normal red-blooded American does, which is jerk off to porn. I just, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm just going to jerk off to uh, porn. I'm going to transpose. As a goof? As a goof. It's a great visual. I'm just going to, I'm going to yeah. goof all over the screen. I'll goof here and there. I'm just... <laughs> but don't shower afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not shower. Oh no, that was yeah. That didn't that didn't go well. That was yes. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, no. Look, see, I feel like I I actually you know what I was on a podcast uh, uh, for matchmakers. I was on a podcast uh, where a woman who's a professional matchmaker she charges you thirty grand a year. And you, she'll set you up on, on as many dates as you want. She only has a limited number of clients, but all her clients are like millionaires and actors. Is and this a lady in, um, on, on, with that TV show? Uh, I don't know if she has a TV show. Millionaire ma- matchmaker? I don't, think, What's I don't think that's her. I don't think that's her. 30 grand think, a year to find? What, what show is that? Yeah, what, Gina which, Hendricks. G- yeah, Gina Hendricks is her name. Yeah, so, wow. She's cute. Mm-hmm. Diana, my wow. friend Diana. And okay. is she over 30 in her 30s? Yes. She's from Wisconsin. She's over 30. Oh, good. And Midwest? Mm-hmm. Over yeah. 30. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, you know, if she's single and can tolerate a guy that makes jokes where he uses the word goof. We should uh, all go out to dinner. Yeah. Well, we'll have we a, you do know that. what we'll do? We'll have her listen to the podcast, and if she gives him a oh, thumbs no. up, then we'll oh, help him no. out. Yeah. I don't know how about she's going to feel about the... Uh, Duh, I don't know about my literature. He's, he's a published author. Yeah, about poop. I've written other books before. I've written other books, not just this one. That's a true bathroom book. It is a, bath- oh. it is a bathroom book. Well, it's yeah. Well, I'm working with a publisher now to try to get it into Urban Outfitters. It's, I feel I feel this is a holiday gift. It's the gift for the person that is in your family that's kind of weird. You don't know what to get them, and also you maybe you don't like them that much. I feel like that's the perfect gift for them. Poop is the great comedy. Poop and death are really the two things that everyone experiences. And taxes. Yeah. Huh? Taxes. Some people don't pay taxes. Yeah. yeah. Apple doesn't pay taxes. Right. They don't. Corporations don't pay taxes. No, even though they're people. Workers pay taxes. Workers. I'm a good girl. I don't know about all those things. <laughs> Politics. So if you had a week to live and you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh my God! But you weren't sad about the week to live part. Yeah, exactly. You were just gonna get. You didn't know. I'm glad it's over. Right. You're gonna get hit by a bus. You don't know. Oh wow, that's a really good question. Because in my uh, previous work at G4, I traveled all over the world. I went to New Zealand. I went to Russia. I was always in Paris and England, and just to go to like for film junkets, Mm -hmm. right? And then the reason I found out that I was the one that was always going on these trips is for a couple reasons. One, I was the only one that in my contract for them that over 500 miles, it's like everyone else had they had to be flown first class except for me. So I was always in coach. I was in coach on a 14-hour flight to New Zealand. Oh, you're kidding me. And then I found out when I was in Russia that I was the only journalist there who didn't have K&R insurance, which for those of you who don't know is kidnap and ransom. (gasps) So what they do, what they'll do in Russia is, which I stayed at the Four Seasons there. Look, don't feel sorry for me. But what happens is that Americans will be kidnapped and they have a certain amount of insurance that they know they can, they basically kidnap you for what they know they can get. Except I was the only one on that trip with no insurance. Did you wear oh. a shirt that said that? Don't I kidnap should me. have said I'm not that. Covered. I don't have insurance. I don't have insurance. Don't kidnap me. Um, but where would I go? I don't know. Week. Oh my God. This is so. This is a quandary. Mm-hmm. This is a question that is. This is. I feel like I could explode. Oh. Where could you retire to? Where would you want to retire? Well, don't, to? I don't love confuse places. Him. I love San Diego. Is one of my favorite cities. To be, you know, we recently downtown's very cool. 
So the gas I love it. So many great memories there. I love Austin, Texas when it's not hot, fun and humid. Right, which is two Gr- months a year. Great part, exactly. Two months a year. I went there expecting cowboys and really tall, muscly, beautiful men. It's a lot of stoner hipsters there. There's not There's that a lot many. Of st- tall it's where Stevie Ray Vaughan comes from, baby. The only stall, yeah. the only tall cowboys I saw were in the gay club. Wow. Mm. Well, it, yeah, that kind of. It it's, kind of it's brought, a goof. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a goof. goof. It's a goof. Wow. I, where if I, if I, I probably One week. somewhere. Oh God. And I'm sure I've got um, unlimited funds. I would go to Cannes. I would go to Cannes in France. Uh, I've been to the film festival once, and it was one of the best weeks of my life. It was amazing, and it was just so beautiful. Topless girls on the beach. You know what I'm saying? It was awesome. What French, about like French girls? So you know French you, girls. You got a shot. You got a shot, yes, precisely. Yeah, I think that just because the food was amazing. I mean, like, there was, they had these, I can taste it right now. They had these ham and butter sandwiches that they would sell on the street. Mm -hmm. And you think, like, you know, so the street food that they sold, you know, was exquisite. I just remember the bread. It was just in this huge, and it was just, it was butter and then ham, which I and I and, and the way jambon, yeah, jambon. It was so good. I can I'm salivating mm. now thinking. Of it. And then when it was late night after the parties, they they would have these random alleyway. Par- you'd go to an alley, you'd be walking an alley back to your hotel, and there would just be a party happening in the alley, going all night. And there was an ice cream place where I remember the taste of the ice cream. So every every morning, it'd be like get a ham and butter sandwich at night, get ice cream from this place. It was just, it was an amazing trip. That sounds delicious. Yeah, no, it was great. So can I was there during the festival. I'd love to go there for what a week. What about Italy? We love Italy. Italy. I have, you know what? I've never <gasps> spent enough time in oh. Italy to be able to have an opinion one way or the other. I'm sure it's amazing. I've never Fantastic. heard anyone. Incredible. People, the food. The food. The food. Yeah. We ate like pigs. Wow. And we lost weight. How did you lose weight? It's all the it's all the running around and traveling. You know what is walking and in high no heels. preservatives. Walking <laughs> in high heels. Yeah, walking in high heels burns calories. Yeah. Oddly, right. right? Uh-huh. No, yes. it doesn't. It just yeah. it just kills your feet. Right. Actually, right. Walking I <laughs> walking in high heels hurts my ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I have to hear it. And with every step. And with that said, in Italy there were fabulous women walking on cobblestone. With high heels. In heels. Oh, my God. See, I love that. I love Incredible. It. And they look fabulous. Yeah. They're walking around with a cigarette in their hand and their Prada bag on the other one and just uh, amazing. I, I want to do that. I do love Europe. I do. See, now, you want, now I want to go to Italy. Well, you know, now's the time to go. Summer's great. You can go to last-minute travel and get some cheap airline tickets. Just got on over there and... Uh, Let's do it. Let's find is, you an Italian chick over there. This is why I listen to this podcast, right. to get these tips. Yes. If you want to know Last tips minute. about traveling and hear horror stories about traveling, you come to a <laughs> fork on the road. Chris Gore, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me, Where can me, people find you online? Where can we find your podcast? Uh, you can go to... Uh, just go to chrisgore.com and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at that Chris Gore. And if you are interested in my comedy album, go to... Or Cele- your book. And my, it's a book and comedy album all in one package. It's go to celebritiespoop.com. <laughs> what an idiot. That's Chris Gore. And uh, quite a rambling conversation, I thought. Very entertaining. To wrap up this Best of Fork on the Road episode, we have a really great guest. Her name is Jody Ettenberg. She was a practicing lawyer. And one day she woke up and just decided, you know what? I don't really like being a lawyer as much. I want to travel, and I want to eat. And she did that. She walked away from her law firm, started a blog, and now that's what she does. She travels, and she eats local food and enjoys this earth. 
We were lucky enough to have her back on the show about a month and a half ago. We thought it'd be great to revisit her now. This is Jody Edinburgh. So we've been talking about all these depressing, horrible, yet true, yes. nudgy things about traveling. Yes. Luckily, there are still great things to do about traveling. There's I great can't things think of one. Oh, you know what? Seriously. I've been to Europe, and there's nothing to do. Oh, uh, you know what? Then you need to start traveling with our next guest. Oh. She's traveled all over the world, and she goes places just to eat the delicious food. And she's here with us today on A Fork in the Road. Let's welcome Jody Ettenberg. Welcome to the show, Jody. Hi, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're here with uh, myself, Mark DiCarlo, and uh, the cranky traveler, John Hotchkiss. <laughs> now, you are, you are far from the cranky traveler. You, you have a very interesting story. You have, you have an interesting story that probably every set of parents is just shaking their heads at. You were a successful <laughs> lawyer in New York City. And then uh, did you finally realize that you were doing the devil's work? No, it's actually, I think that's a common assumption and one that I don't fault people for having it. I think it reads that way uh, from the outside. But what actually happened was that I took the job in New York in part to save up money to travel. I, I went to law school in Canada, so tuition was a lot more reasonable than it often is in the States. And I was offered a position at a firm in New York. Um, and I long wanted to travel, so I thought that I would work for a few years and then take a one-year sabbatical and then return to the practice of law, which uh, obviously did not happen. So you've been gone, what, five years from law now? Right. April was five years. Wow. So you were able to save up enough money in one year working as a lawyer to support your travel Jones for five years? No, no, this has turned into a whole new career for me. After that first year of traveling, um, basically a year and a half, two years, I saved up enough to do two years. Uh, on my site, I've got a big world travel resources page, and I link to all these other people who've put together spreadsheets of budgets, and they range between you know ten to fifteen thousand for the year, all in. So I basically saved enough to do two years of travel, and and then I started receiving offers for freelance work, and then it turned into doing some social media consulting and started doing public speaking, and then I ended up writing a book about food last year. So things sort of progressed organically, but I wouldn't say that I'm traveling right now. Um, I am in that I live in far-flung places, but what had happened is that it became a new line of work for me, um, and I'm having a lot of fun, so I'm just following it to see where it goes. Isn't that the greatest when you can take a passion and turn it into a livelihood? It's true, and I think there's this sort of um, misnomer that you can go out and just wait for an epiphany, that it's going to hit you in the face, and that you're going to suddenly know what to do in life. I think if you push yourself toward the things that bring you joy and the things that you're passionate about and sort of keep your eyes open for what happens along the way, that's a far more uh, reliable path than expecting this sort of epiphany of your purpose, which rarely happens in that case. Oh, geez, I agree with you. You could could totally tell she's from Canada, John, because she said a boat. (laughs) <laughs> I thought my accent disappeared, but I've been told this weekend that it has not. <laughs> what, uh, what part of Canada are you from? I am from Quebec. I'm from Montreal, but English is my first language. That's a beautiful city. So um, you're a Canadian lawyer who is now a travel professional. And, and do you, what, um, what, what motivates you? What, why do you travel? Is it the interaction with the local people? Is it the sites? Is it the food? What, what really uh, gets your Jones going? 
So the business card I have right now says uh, author, traveler, and soup expert. And Ooh. I put soup expert on there in part because I think people take themselves so seriously at conferences, and it's a fun thing to throw in. But when people say, what do you do? I, I say, I eat soup. And they're like, what does that mean? And to me, that sort of embodies all the things I eat soup because it connects me to people around the world. You know, food as a tool to learn as much as possible about places and about history um, and really kind of dig under the culture and and spend time in places. It's just the prism and the lens that I chose that gives me the most uh, from where I visit. And and then conversely, I, I like writing about it and sharing it online and bringing that back when I come back to North America in the summer months to do speaking work and things like that and try and advocate um, this kind of connective tool that other people can think about food differently and get them excited about learning in a different way. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, my favorite soup is, uh, I believe it's a Vietnamese, I, I think some people think it's pronounced pho, but I asked the guy, I believe it's pronounced pho. Is that, mm-hmm. that right? Right. That's right. And, it's like, it's, it's pronounced pho. Right. Pho. Mm-hmm. And it is, I got to say, it's magical. Uh, it's, uh, if you've never had it, you get a bowl of very nice hot broth that has a, a variety of different uh, spices and things mixed in. But then on the side, you get all sorts of fresh vegetables and meats and herbs and noodles that all then go into this big bowl of steaming hot, uh, uh, d- the most, like a rich broth. And, oh, there's almost nothing better. And you put it in yourself? Uh, or they put it in for no, you? No, no, no. They give it to you, and then you can uh, adjust the amount that you would like. For example, uh, there's mint, perhaps, or uh, something you can, might. Some people might like a little. Some people might like a lot. Then there's a, ver- a variety of different kinds of noodles and uh, bean sprouts and uh, a meat or a fish, and uh, it's it's more than just soup. So it's like a sizzler salad bar of soup. Oh, it's fantastic! It's my favorite. What's really- soup. What's really interesting about what was just described is that uh, so pho is actually the name of the noodle. It's not a name for soup in Vietnam. It's the name of the noodle they use in the soup. And a lot of the pho's we get in North America are what uh, was just described, which is Saigon-style pho. The original soups are from the north in Hanoi, and there's none of that accoutrement. When you get your bowl, you get um, the inside already chopped up. Um, sometimes basil and sometimes uh, cilantro, but you're not going to get a giant plate of things. You'll get just the chili sauces and lime to put in. Um, but that adding all those extra things are, are often in the South. And that's the kind of thing that I love to write about is to talk about the history of countries based on how they eat. So, for example, that soup from Hanoi, you know, moved its way down south to Saigon. And so there is for Saigon and for Hanoi, and they're very, very different based on how people moved around uh, during the different colonizations of the country. Yeah, it's really it's really true. I, I uh, did a show on the Travel Channel for five seasons all about food mm-hmm. just here in America, and you, you, you make a good case that you could tell the history of a culture or of a city or of a region solely by what the people eat, because it tells you where they are in the ecosystem. It tells you the social strata. You know, the rich people get the good cuts of meat and the poor people eat the chitlins. It tells you uh, you can't, everyone's got to eat. It's it's the great equalizer. And you can, if you kind of backwards engineer the history of a people, you can learn a right. lot by uh, their recipes. I uh, was reading, my daughter is uh, in six, was in sixth grade last year, and I read about uh, the land in China. And uh, I learned, uh, for example, why uh, they uh, eat so much rice. 
It's because uh, the land is exceptionally fertile and uh, along the water, uh, along the Yangtze and Yellow Rivers. And so they had a lot of uh, water areas, and what grows well in water, it turns out, is rice. Right. It's also cheap. It's also easy to transport because when it's dry, you can take a lot, you can move it around better, and it sustains people longer. It's easier to grow than meat or cows or protein. It, it serves a lot of purposes, and they got a ton of people over there, from what I've heard. And as, yes, they do, and that's part. And then I also discovered when I was in New Orleans this uh, spring uh, the same thing that the French who came and settled there originally were growing rice, and uh, that was part of the need to have. Uh, extra workers, which ended up being slaves, because it was very labor-intensive, because that's what they were used to uh, growing back home. Right. Well, and, and the topography, too. It's swampy right. marshland. That's, that, right. So that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So you travel all over the world, and you're just... You, you focus where you're going to go based on what you want to eat, or, you know, what, what... How do you put your pin down for your next trip? Sure. I think, I think that it is... It, it merits separating out between the first few years, which really were around the world trip in the sense that a lot of people are taking them um, now where I started in South America and then worked my way to South Africa. I went up to take the Trans-Siberian trains, spent time in Asia, Australia. You know, that wow. those first few, few years were truly, that is what I quit my job to do, is just sort of do around the world trip and, and explore and experience. Do you travel by yourself? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you meet people pretty easily. I started out with another lawyer, um, and we traveled together for about two and a half months. And then uh, she went to India, and I went up to Russia. But usually by myself. Uh, at this point, I think with technology being what it is, it's so easy to meet people. I end up, you know, in Saigon, there were 20 of us that were hanging out a lot, eating soup together, you know, sitting on the streets, eating snails at three in the morning, talking about life. And um, I think... You with the hostel set up for backpackers, it's so easy to meet people doing what I do now, which is kind of stint as an expat in different places. It's very easy to jump into the local expat community as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean, you know, diplomats or teachers necessarily. It just means whoever is there, social media allows you this sort of sliding in sideways ability to just randomly go somewhere and connect with people. And that is easier done than it would have been, obviously, uh, before the advent of that sort of technology. So I tend to choose the places now um, that it's a business for me uh, based on what I think I want to write about, um, and eat about and eat during the winter months. And then in the summer, I plan the months back in North America around family time, and I've done quite a bit of speaking about social media and community building in North America. So that's sort of become a vague, the outlines of a routine, and then the specifics year by year kind of come into play as the year unfolds. Wow, that's great. So you travel during the winter months, you accumulate all this new knowledge and new insights, and you synthesize all the different cultures together, and then you get paid during the summer to share your knowledge. You're kind of like... Uh, Diane Fossey or uh, the Leakies or you know, like the old time explorers who well went no I get I get paid uh, all year round I don't I do freelance writing all year round I will be leading uh, food tours in Vietnam when I go back uh, for my readers who want who basically said to me can we please pay you to feed us uh, so it'll be just small groups of readers like who have been asking for this. Um, and I do partnerships with some travel companies and work with them to write for their sites and jump on some of their trips, too. So I actually uh, 
it's a full year round income. I'm not um, just running off and exploring and then coming home, although uh, that sounds very fun, more fun than perhaps what I'm doing. <laughs> but what it is, is, is legitimately uh, just from a full year perspective, trying to stabilize income in a new media where it's not as you know consistent as when I was a lawyer, obviously, mm-hmm. and building out the brand that I've put together without sacrificing integrity. So for me, that means no advertising on the site whatsoever, which I don't have any at this moment, and I don't plan on having any, and not taking sponsorship from like text links or the like. Instead, I've built out the income based on long-term partnerships with companies I really enjoy working with and really just putting it all back in the site and sharing what I've learned with uh, a community of readers who just seems to keep growing, which is really, really fabulous. And That's what's, great. Uh, uh, what's your favorite soup? Ooh, good question. I love um, Bun Ryu from Vietnam, and um, I dream. I literally dream of it. It's a crab and tomato soup. Um, they've got mm. sometimes pork in it as well. It's with bun noodles. So for being a noodle, bun is also a noodle, and it's a thin vermicelli-like noodle. And uh, it's from the north originally, but I I grew to love it in the south where I was living, and they often take these mini crab and pork meatballs and then put them back in these mini crabs that are that come out when the rice paddies flood and you get the mini crabs in your soup with you with your noodles it's fabulous it really is and one of my no, favorites you, you said you were talking about budget a little while ago you you can live a year on $15,000 and be traveling that, yeah, that was my first few years. That's how I traveled. Were you hosteling yeah. it? How did you how'd you she, do that? However, she was in uh, Hoboken and Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, and uh, some, of low, some of the lowlands. Uh, Travel right. in quotes. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> I went to every think, part of I New Jersey. I, right. Are you I think with I the... spent 12000 my first year. Um, I That includes flights and visas and everything. Wow. I don't. I didn't spend time in Europe, for starters, um, and I spent only two weeks in Australia because what fascinates me and what fascinated me then is that kind of built-in chaos that you get, and not in a romantic way or romanticizing it, uh, but just I love the idea that I'm sitting on the floor of a market somewhere eating and some there are farm animals running around and just the chaos of moving around in countries where sort of these bustling morning markets are a huge part of life. So those often are the cheaper places, Bolivia, Ecuador, um, places in Southeast Asia, and staying primarily at guest houses or hostels, depending on where. I mean, a lot of Southeast Asia and uh, that in Indonesia, the guest houses are not hostels in style, but they they're sort of private rooms, which are extremely affordable. Wow, what a, what a fascinating life! Now let me let me ask you this: you sure. you uh, so many of the people that are listening to this and that that just live regular lives don't travel. They'll maybe right. go to a different state. Their entire lifetimes, they're going to spend pretty much, you know, where they are right now. I just mm-hmm. found my buddy Sal doesn't even have a passport. He's a grown-up and doesn't have a passport. Oh. Um, so you, you, you have an education and a, a point of view that very, very, very few people living today have. So let me ask you this. In general, you've met people from all these different cultures, all these different countries. As a race... Is humanity doomed or do we have a chance? <laughs> Actually, it's really funny. When I met with a bunch of lawyers I used to work with in New York this past summer, one of them asked me, you know, do you think you've become more or less cynical? 
after these five years of travel, which I thought was a great question, as is yours. I think that overall people are better than we realize in that on a one-to-one basis. Because all I, we see it, on the news is all this horrific right, stuff right, because right, that's right. what, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That's we, what sells. I get that. That's what sells and, and fear sells. I think on a one-to-one basis, people are much more generous of spirit than I realized. I am bowled over by the generosity of the people who have invited me into their homes, invited me to weddings, you know, just shared their lives with me with no other reason other than they, they wanted me to understand who they are about their life right um that said you know i think seeing the the endemic corruption in many countries both here and afar you know on a top level it's hard not to feel more cynical about the way that countries are run but i think on a person-to-person basis i have much more faith in humanity as long as you know we're allowed to let that thrive and I was wondering, uh, where do you come down? This is a long, uh, de- a long-held debate, certainly here in the United States. Uh, where do you come down, uh, uh, Manhattan clam chowder or New England clam chowder? Now, <laughs> so I've actually—it's a I've hot button issue. This is the thing I've that got- people are talking about on, on Twitter tonight. You'll type hashtag uh, Manhattan clam chowder, and you'll see that it will be trending. Oh yeah. And uh, this is all <laughs> that people are talking about now. Well, unfortunately, um, I have celiac disease, and I've had it for over a decade. Um, I was diagnosed. I would say I was diagnosed before it was cool uh, to be gluten-free. So I legitimately can't. They put flour most of the time in those soups, and I can't have them. Uh, I would love to try have a a chowder off. Can I say you're not missing anything (laughs) if you eat New England clam chowder? Uh, I'm, (laughs) I'm just saying milk, milk for the most part. For the most part, not in all cases, but shouldn't be the main ingredient in a soup. I don't mind that you add a little cream to a tomato bisque, for example, right? The ratio is probably 85-15 in terms of tomato and then cream. But uh, right. Man- Manhattan, but New England clam chowder is about uh, 90% uh, milk, and uh, it leaves you all phlegmy. Well, you bring up a a good, this question brings up a good point, which is part of why I keep returning to Asia as opposed to other places. I would love to go to Central Asia and really explore, and I would love to return to China and really explore, but soy sauce has wheat flour in it, and a lot of the breads that are so fabulous in Central Asia are obviously not something I can eat. So part of why I keep going back to Asia is not just the cheap cost of living, which is great, uh, but also that I could eat all the food or most of the food. All right. And what about, uh, do you have an opinion about uh, Italian wedding soup? Oh, back when I could eat noodles, I loved, that was my favorite soup, actually, really? for, for lunchtime. When I was working as a lawyer, whenever they had Italian wedding soup at the nearby soup place, I was very excited. So, correct, uh, do you want to, can you remind uh, people what, I forget, uh, Italian wedding soup will be broth, and then uh, what else? There's little meatballs in it, and it's chopped up herbs uh, and some noodles as well. It's peasant food. Because what you're doing with soup, with soup in general and that kind of stuff is you're sure. taking the little bit, of, little bit of protein that you have, you're stretching mm-hmm. it for a whole big family. And that's trendy now too, right? I mean, not just sure. being gluten-free, but peasant food. If you think of, if you look at some of the restaurants now that are really big in Istanbul and other areas, people are rediscovering in the newly found middle classes these peasant dishes that were like fava beans. You know, people in the U.K. are starting to rediscover that fava makes fabulous hummus. But for years, they exported all their fava because no one wanted to touch it. It was peasant food, and now it's trendy again. Well, I, I, Jody, you, you are just fascinating as all get out. And I think you must lead a fantastic life. We would love to, uh, I'd love to have you on the show periodically. Like every time you go someplace cool, have, you know, check in with you and uh, find out 
what you've been eating and where you've been going and uh, have you share your stories with us. Where can people where can people find you on the Internet and follow your travels virtually? Uh, I'm, my site is called Legal Nomads uh, because I was a lawyer, and I also it's mostly long-form narrative about food and travel, and I also have a series called Thrillable Hours on the site where I interview lawyers doing fun things. Thrillable but, Hours, I love that. Yeah, thank you. So it's LegalNomads with an S dot com. Uh, I'm also Legal Nomads on Twitter, and the Facebook fan page is the same. And I will be announcing the dates for the food uh, meetups in Vietnam uh, that will be starting on January 1st. So people can actually come to Vietnam and meet you there, and then you will kind of be their culinary food guide as you take them around Vietnam? Sure. There was an article recently in the New York Times called Food about Food Sherpas, of which I don't really like that name, but it's the same idea that sort of having someone to take you to the markets and into finding the dishes that you might not otherwise find. Just a three- to four-hour tour. Uh, my readers just, just like Gilligan's asking. Island. Asking for it, and uh, I figured if if they're asking to pay me to to share my knowledge, I'll be thrilled to do so. So I'm looking forward to it. These small groups of six people, and just taking them into the sort of less touristy markets of Saigon, and and teaching them about some of the foods and how they got to be in the city. Fantastic. And I was I have a question about one more soup. Another uh, debate that's what raging. is it with you and soup, John? She's a soup expert, and he's I just taking to like advantage. Soup. He's taking advantage uh, of having me here to settle debates. Exactly. What's happening? I, like, <laughs> I happen to like soup as well. I mean, well, soup I is good food. We can all agree on look, that. I, I admit that I like it. It's not on my business card, and I'm, <laughs> it should be. Put right, it on your business card. That's what card. I'm saying. I'm considering it. So now, uh, maybe the people who are listening, uh, you'd have to get rid of car be, detailer. There'd be no space. <laughs> There's a big debate uh, uh, at Passover about uh, matzo ball soup and uh, mm-hmm. if you have matzo balls that are sinkers or floaters. Now, uh, uh, sinkers, uh, 100% you, sinkers. You like a sinker. I want the matzo ball that I could, and again, I can't have them anymore, unfortunately. Oh, but right. I want a matzo ball that I could, like, I might need to use a knife for. Mm. Interesting. See, I'm the, op- the exact opposite way. I like mine to be fluffy. And to, to well, we're not floaters. all perfect, you know? No, no, I'm not saying it's fluffy. I'm Stop pissing off our guests, John. I'm not saying, it. I'm not saying that it uh, makes one Yes, you just said she was a horrible human being. That, that's, the, that's the subtext. This is the problem why there can't be peace in the Middle East. <laughs> this is exactly... No. Floaters, yeah, floaters saying, and sinkers. No, no, that uh, there are some people... That's what's great is that you can find a, a, a food or a soup, for example, that some people like one way and some people like it slightly different, and both of them are delicious. Uh, matzo ball, so it tastes al- too dewy to me. Although, I will say that a sinker, in terms of a matzo ball, is not good. Because it's too dense? It's too dense. That's exactly correct. But can't you kind of break it up a little bit? Nope. No, it's done. Nope. Not if your grandmother made it. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Well, Jody, it has been... It is John's uh, diatribe notwithstanding. It has been a, a joy and a pleasure having you on the show. I think you... Uh, you have a great thing going there. It sounds fantastic. And uh, we're going to follow you, and hopefully you can check in with us from Vietnam. That would be great. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. That, Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. That's Jody Ettenberg from LegalNomads.com. She's also Legal Nomads on Twitter. And uh, if you're hungry and you like to travel, I think you should follow her as well. Thanks, Jody. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, John. We've done our first episode without the traveling diva, and I must say that your your stewardship was well received, even though you pissed off Jody. Uh, that's not true. I want to say that uh, 
I you got her hackles up, and she's such she's a Canadian. You know how hard it is to piss off a Canadian? It's virtually impossible. I want to say that I was impressed with my deep knowledge of a variety of soups right on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? no, I always say, people say, what's John like? I'm like, well, he's kind of a douche, but man, he knows soup. You ask him about soup, broth, stew, any kind of wet food, the man is a genius. Uh, also, I love soup plantation. <laughs> I want to say I've never been to soup plantation. You I know actually, I, think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I know what it I is. I think it's horrible that they make those people work like that. I just <laughs> set them free. Yes, yes. Boy, wow. Well, there you have it. It was hard to pick those segments. The best of A Fork on the Road. But I think those are pretty entertaining. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully next week, Yenny Alvarez, the traveling diva, will be back in fine form and able to talk. It has been pretty quiet around the house this week. It's a loud house when you have an Italian and a Cuban living in it. And when the Cuban can't talk, it does get blissfully quiet. But we miss her here in the studio. Hope you're feeling much better, my dear. And we will see her and I, hopefully right here next time on A Fork on the Road. You came along and everything started into hum. Still it's a real good bet the best is yet to come. Best is yet to come and babe it's gonna be fine.